All right, so let's let's get into it then, John. Let's do our pregame six pack here. Six different people, storylines, wrinkles to this game that are going to uh, that are going to matter in a game that might be certainly in terms of the landscape that doesn't involve the draft. It's the least relevant game on the schedule, but for the draft, it might be along with that Bears Vikings game, the most relevant game of the weekend. Um, but neither of these two teams are looking at it that way. They're trying to win the football game. So you go first, John. What's your what's your first one in the six pack? I'm going to, if they're going to ever play great run defense and limit a team to say 70 or 80 yards or even fewer than 100, this would be it. Zach Moss is no Jonathan Taylor. Taylor has abused them for the last two seasons, killed them in the first game, killed them in two routes last year. The run defense, like last week, first time they'd given up a long play, gave it up 62 yard run to Travis Etienne, but in every other carry, by the Jaguars, they averaged only 3.5 yards. So if they are going to play great run defense one time this year, this would be the game to do it. Yep, I would agree with that. Yeah, Deion Jackson will be the lead back for the Colts, so no Jonathan Taylor. So um, so that's good news. My first one, John, you mentioned all the turnovers that Indianapolis has, uh, has, has put up on the board this year. They lead the league in interceptions thrown. They lead the league in fumbles lost. So they – they have hit the exacto when it comes to turning the football over. They're the worst at both of those things. So my first one is Jalen Petrie, who has had a good last couple weeks from a turnover standpoint, missed a couple tackles, big tackles against Jacksonville. That's a that's going to be something Petrie just needs to work on in the offseason and in training camp next year. He's not all of a sudden going to fix all of his tackling issues in week 18. Um but he's he has been around the ball a lot more in the second half of the season since that Bears game in week three had the two picks, and then he was kind of quiet. But he's been around the ball a lot more. Um, first rookie in league history with five or more interceptions and 125 or more tackles. He's going to need to have a monster game if he's going to set the rookie record for tackles for the Texans because D'Amico Ryans has that. I think he needs 18 or 19 tackles to break that record. But with Jalen Petrie going against the team in the league that turns the ball over the most of any team, I expect Jalen Petrie to be around the football again and get himself one or two more in week 18 and close out what has been, a, I would say, a, a B-plus to A-minus rookie year for Jalen Petrie. I agree 100%, but the Texans need to correct something. That stat, they say, at least 125 tackles and five interceptions in history, no. It goes back to 2000. Oh, okay. That's, Sorry. No, that's my no, fault. Then. That, yeah. they, no, it's not your fault. It's okay. theirs because that's what they put out. We all oh. tweeted. And so I, in their notes, they had 2000 and I checked and they said, that's as far back as the, as it go, as the stats go. And I'm thinking there's probably a lot of teams could go back and figure up uh, how many rookies they've had that had that, but it does go back to 2000. Another thing you're right about him improving his tackles. And I'm thinking, how do you do? How do you improve your tackles? You can't touch anybody in the offseason. They don't hit in training camp. They don't really give them a chance to tackle anybody until preseason games start. So I'm not sure maybe he practices better angles, but it was mainly that he would get there and he would get a hand on them and they would break the tackle issue he never had at Baylor, but I look for him to have another big game. It'd be great if he had a bunch of tackles and closed in on D'Amico. Oh, man, he needs two on this last drive 
to give people something positive to talk about other than the first pick. Yeah, well, here's the thing, John. Two things on that. One, I asked him about improving his tackling when he was on the postgame show with us this past weekend because he himself brought up missing a tackle on ATN on that 62-yard touchdown run. Angles, he kept bringing up angles, 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 angles. And some of that is film study, you know, and looking and watching what he did wrong on some of the plays where he was taking poor angles. I think he feels like that's the biggest issue with him is the angles he's taking, the speed of the NFL game, or maybe versus the speed of the Big 12, adapting to that. Um, so that's that's number one. Here's the other thing, John, about setting the tackle record, is that if if Jalen Petrie is getting 18 to 20 tackles, it probably means the Texans lose that football game. Because if your safeties, as we've seen throughout this season, are leading your team in tackles, it means there's a whole lot of stuff making it into the second level of the defense. So that might be good news if Jalen Petrie gets that many tackles. It mainly means he's been making a lot of tackles against the run. I'd like to see a breakdown and see how many of his tackles are guys that caught the ball compared to running backs. Mm -hmm. And considering they're the worst team in the league against the run, I'm thinking he's getting a lot of tackles because of the running backs getting into the secondary. Remember when Jonathan Owens was getting so many early on and they yes. started him, but the key would be for him not to get many, which means they're containing the run without him and uh, would leave him back to worry about wide receivers for a change. Yep. All right. What's your next one, John? Quarterbacks, Davis Mills. He's been terrible. Jeff Driscoll, this thing, Pep Hamilton, this is going to be Pep Hamilton's last game, and I'm so oh, glad we're not going to have to watch this offense with him coaching it again. You know, I don't like the Driscoll experiment anymore. I haven't since the one game. They used it to confuse the Cowboys, and now it doesn't confuse anybody but them. It would be nice for Davis Mills to have a game consistent from start to finish. You know, in the previous game when they when they beat the Titans, in the last two drives in which they scored, they didn't bring in Driscoll. They just left in Mills. And so the next drive after that, they brought in Driscoll. So I think if they maybe if they left Driscoll out of it and Mills could stay on the field, maybe it would help him a little bit. But I know he would love to go out winning a game and and playing really well. But the fact of the matter is he's he's regressed so much. And he was never he'd had to have been great. For them not to take a quarterback. Yeah. I think at most, if he'd have been great, they might have delayed quarterback a year and look at the other positions. But Mills is a great guy. He works hard. I'd like to see him have a really good game. We're saying all this, a really good game, but run and fumble and set up the winning touchdown for the Colts. Yeah, throw for 345 yards because you're behind by 24 points in the second half. Yes. Garbage yards. Perfect. Garbage Perfect. yards. Yeah, he's good at that. He's done that before. Um, all right, John, my next one, your favorite Houston Texan. Rex bleeping Burkhead. Two things. One, this is <laughs> probably our last game, I think, I hope, of Rex bleeping Burkhead. Two, this is the one game, John. Well, let me back up. Week one was the one game so far this year where he got a ton of touches. Remember, he got 19 touches. Yeah, give him 25 touches. Dude, yes. Give him at least 19. Give him 19 in the first half of this game. I want to see so much <laughs> Rex Burkhead. I want Rex Burkhead injected into my veins on Sunday, John. I want to I want to free base and snort Rex Burkhead all day long. Oh, isn't that terrible? Yeah. He seems like a great guy. 
great guy, hard worker, team guy, but he's just not any good. Right. He still just chaps me, chaps my butt like crazy that Pep Hamilton had him get more touches in the first game than Damian Pierce. And we all raised hell about it because we'd all seen the uh, off-season program, the OTAs and training camp, and we all knew he was clearly the best running back. And here comes Sexy Rexy with more touches. Oh, my God. And I'm guessing if they had had Pierce and let him touch the ball five or six more times, they might they might not have tied that game. They might not have, and we might not be talking about the first pick in the draft. So Oh, you're maybe, right. So maybe, that was great strategy. We should build a statue for Pep Hamilton. We're going to build a statue of Pep Hamilton, giving Rex Burkhead a play to run in with like it's old school college football. Like there's no headsets or anything like just standing on the sideline with a clipboard talking to Rex Burkhead. And ultimately when the Texans use that first overall pick to draft future league MVP and Super Bowl winner, Bryce young, we will anoint that, that statue as the reason why Pat Hamilton (laughs) and Rex Burkhead in week one. All right. So that's mine, John, what's your last one? The uh, defense to give up a lot of long plays like they did the 62-yard run by Travis Etienne. It was the only big play they gave up, but give up two or three more. I don't know who to, maybe Michael Pittman Mm -hmm. catches a long pass from Sam Ellinger. Maybe Ellinger has the best game of his career, even going back to UT, but uh, that the defense will allow – some touchdowns um, like like they did against the Jaguars. And uh, so you got to make sure this defense doesn't come up with a Herculean effort and gets four or five turnovers. And it's possible against the Colts, of course, as you mentioned earlier, but we need this defense to play just bad enough to lose. I'll be so glad when we're not in this mode anymore, John. When we're not in this mode of like, okay, six things to watch to make sure the Texans lose a football <laughs> game. <laughs> I'll be so glad when and by the way, if they're bad again next year, but Bryce Young or CJ Stroud are a quarterback, I'll be hoping they win in week 18. I won't be as needy for the first overall pick. You know, if they're not looking for a quarterback and they're, you know, they draft fourth instead of first, then whatever. Uh you know, then 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 uh, I'm cool with that. But as long as they need a quarterback, you don't get many looks at it like this, and you don't get many quarterbacks coming into the league like Bryce Young. John, my last one before we get to for real or Fugazi is completely selfish and it's self promoting. Um, but it's week 18, and I haven't done much of that. My last thing to watch in this game is really something to listen to. I think listeners to this podcast, fans of the Texans should be fascinated to listen to the post-game show on uh, Sports Radio 610 after this game because it's going to be the weirdest experience ever where if the Texans lose, it's going to be a celebratory environment with people all fired up about what they should do with the first pick in the draft. If they win, I guarantee the phone lines will be jammed with people pissed off that they won that football game. It'll be the weirdest post-game show of all time, but I promise it will be entertaining. You guys will come on and go, well, the Texans, oh, boy, they came back and they won 30 to 27. Exactly right. Blown the first. Now it's going to take multiple picks to swap with the Bears. Can you imagine if the Bears have the first pick and they don't want a quarterback, and then they say we're open for business. There's so many teams that need a quarterback. Yes. And maybe the thing right now, and this could all change, is there's not one that stands out. Now, maybe Bryce Young is number one, clearly, or C.J. Stroud, or they're both one-two. 
But right now, the Bears will take the best offer. And the Texans have 11 draft choices, including their two ones, and they'd have to give up their top one. And why not the Bears ask for Cleveland's number one? If I'm Casario, I'm trying to give away those picks next year, not this year. Yep, yep, I, I'm, I would agree. All right, John, um, prediction for this game, by the way? I'm I'm going with the uh, – let's see – if I picked the Texans, I picked the Texans on the pregame show last week to beat Jacksonville, didn't I? Yeah, you were a little off on that one. <laughs> and I did. So I and they lost. So I'm going to do it again. I'm going to take the Texans, beat the Colts. Let's see, 20, 27 to seven. Okay. Wow, a blowout, huh? A blowout for the Texans, and I hope I'm wrong. Okay, yep. I'm I'm picking the Texans as well. I legitimately think they're going to win this game. I don't know, like I because that's the way this year's gone. But 23 to 16 will be my prediction for that game. 